Good morning, good morning. Hey everyone, welcome to the Daily Drop-In Morning Show where the Teach Better team is live every single stinking morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. I have Mike with me and we are Central Time Zone friends, so it's just about six o'clock here and we are very excited to kick off a wonderful show with you. We have our weekly theme that we'll be diving into, which has to do with celebrations. We have a good news article for you. We have some holidays today from all different uh, types of places, not only those celebrated in the U.S., but those celebrated globally. So make sure you stick with us. We will also, as you always know, be taking your questions live in the comments. If you are live with us, please feel free to throw in your good morning messages, get us started. And of course, if you're not live with us and you're listening to this after the fact, feel free to take a screenshot and share with us that you are listening. We'll be right back to get started. Welcome to Daily Drop-In. We are thrilled you're here on Tuesday morning, November 30th. Mike, how are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Sadly, this is uh, around the time I'm usually up and moving, so I'm already in it. I was going to say, you're like ahead of schedule now because you typically would not be, you know, like ready, camera ready at 6 a.m., right? No, I... Sadly, I kind of would be. That's kind of a, a running joke with my staff is that they get emails before five in the morning and they're trying to figure out if I schedule them or if there's really just something wrong with me. So you're <laughs> like, a, you get up very early and kind of get ready for your day. Is that your approach? Yeah. Like to take my time. I plan out my whole day uh, as much as I'm involved in technology and love every aspect of that and have been for years. I still handwrite my schedule out and create my my top three items I need to try to take care of for the day. So yeah, there's some there's some nerdness that happens there early in the morning, but it keeps me on track. I love a good nerdy morning. I'm a huge yeah. fan. And you already have things that I want to dive into, which I'm going to have to pause because I do want you to share a little bit about yourself for people who haven't connected with you. Yeah. But you did just say that you have three goals to accomplish every single day. Is that an intentional three or sometimes is it like 25? <laughs> So as we know, it doesn't matter if you're in a classroom or a principal somewhere, there's, there's going to be 75 things that pop up probably before 10 a.m. Um, but the, the type of planner that I use narrows it down to three that I know that if I get those three done, I can go to bed and actually fall asleep. I love it. Well, for everybody yeah. listening here, I know we're literally, we've been live for three minutes if you don't have your three things selected, we'd love to either have you take on the challenge of writing down those three things and setting that goal for yourself this morning, regardless of when you're listening. And uh, if you're willing, especially if you're here live with us, we'd love to hear your three things. I won't lie, Mike, I have my to-do list right here. I'm a paper pencil kind of schedule yeah. keeper as well to a certain extent. And I have a lot more than three. I would love to go through my list this morning, maybe after we're live and choose my three as well. So if you're listening here, we'd love to hear your three. Mike, for people who may not be familiar with you, maybe this is the first time they're connecting yeah. with you, would you mind kind of sharing who you are, what you do, kind of all, all the jazz? Yeah, of course. Um, I uh, am an elementary school principal. Um, I'm in my fifth year as a, a principal here in, in Illinois. Um, but 
originally started it at the middle school level. Um, was out teaching eighth grade science for, for a little over eight years, um, and then was a middle school assistant principal and athletic director for four more, and then uh, had an opportunity within my district to um, try to work my way into a principal role in the elementary school, and it has been uh, pretty amazing, pretty fulfilling. Didn't think I'd end up in elementary, but extremely glad that I did. I know. I mean, I'm, as a middle school person, I mean, you went to the dark side here is really what happened. I it, and it's funny because you now that my own child, my oldest, is in middle school, you realize, yeah, you're okay staying at elementary for a little bit. That's that's just a, a whole mesh of of emotions and hormones that that it's I do miss from time to time, obviously, but but I, it's okay to have someone walk up at school and give you a hug instead of rolling their eyes. No, totally. I mean, it's a completely different feeling that age group. Yeah. I love it. I know it's always fun to be able to go into an elementary school and, and hang out with that crew as well. Those are special kind of teachers too. Most of them are extremely, I mean, we're stereotyping, I'm stereotyping, but extremely creative and passionate and just, just wonderful, wonderful staff there. Yeah. And, and as much as they, they kind of give me a hard time for being up and moving first thing in the morning. Um, I don't know if any of them sleep and most of them are there on Saturdays or Sundays, regardless of what, what I remind them and tell them, Hey, please disconnect. Um, there's just no stopping their passion and drive. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool to be a part of. Oh, it's so fun. You know, Jeff and I yesterday were live. We're typically live for Daily Drop-In on Mondays together. And we were talking about, we were with your school district on Monday. You are here in Illinois. Yeah. Uh, you work in, in you know, Plano. Yeah. And you're really close to me. Like proximity-wise, we could have like done this together at a coffee shop or something. Because we're, we're within a, a good radius of each other. But... Um, do you, you know, what's your thoughts on Monday when we all came together, the teach better team was there. I mean, it was kind of fun to be able to see you in person. It, it was great. It was great. And, and I think one of the best parts about that day is that it pushed my staff to ask mm -hmm. tough questions. Um, they're so aware of everyone else's feelings and, and how personal they can be and, and how personal learning is and how you're attached to your own lessons that I think sometimes they're, a little apprehensive when it comes to, to questioning how things have been done. Um, but that's kind of been one of my goals since walking into that building is to get them way outside of that comfort zone. And they were asking some tough questions and challenging some things that have been going on forever. And it was awesome. And I, and I really see that it's, that's only going to lead to good things for kids. No, it's all good. My, and that's the kind of the cool part. And I was, I'm going to ask you a more specific question here in a second, but for me, anytime we're able to ask hard questions, it doesn't mean that change happens instantaneously. It doesn't right. even mean, mean that change is necessary, depending on the types of questions you're asking. But the opportunity to kind of open that discussion and just simply say, hey, let's just question the world around us. That doesn't mean that there needs to be a massive to-do list that comes out of that. It really just allows us the space to be reflective. And I was actually with the middle school the whole day, so I didn't get to work with your staff at all, but were they in working on a specific topic? Were they kind of moving throughout a few different ideas? How did that go for them? Yeah, they were, uh, most of the staff that, that I spent part of the day with uh, was looking at the, the way we teach reading, the way we teach ELA, um, how we're assessing all of that, um, because it, as everyone knows, you know, it was kind of a, crisis. Let's take 72 hours and figure out how to completely do things differently last year. And my staff was just, I, I'm so humbled by what they did in such a short period of time to, 
to really change what they've done. And I think now they're having a hard time seeing how you go back to, to normal, quote unquote normal. Um, and I it, really this year, it's been um, almost kind of group and independent counseling sessions on my part to really let them know that it's okay to not go back to that. Mm. And that if we're not going to question it and go big, then we're going to miss a really good opportunity here. So I think that that uh, a lot of that focus on Monday and, and even into Tuesday was, you know, how do we carry this idea that we can just be better? Well, and Mike, I know we haven't gotten to work together too frequently. We've been fostering this, this friendship for, for a few years, but I do have to say something I have always heard from you over and over and over is your encouragement to be reflective, not take on too much, give yourself permission to take little small bites and then allow yourself to just do everything you can that's best for kids and 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 truly give what you have and then you know just be at peace and and can just continue to be a learner for the rest of the journey and I, I really value leadership although you guys are in a incredible space right now being a school leader is so challenging right now your ability to really get to know your staff well as people is just something I continue to see you do extremely well. So I'm I'm thrilled that you're here on Daily Drop-In. It's cool to be able to talk shop with you. Yeah, no, it's great to be here. Yeah, and I think that the the best part about the way our school culture is has kind of grown into is that um, my staff calls me out when they see me not following what I suggest, right? If I'm taking on too much, I'll have someone stop in and go, what, what are you doing? Like you, you can't do that. Don't, don't send that email yet. Just wait. And that, uh, that I think goes back to that questioning piece that, that they just weren't used to is that I, I have to be questioned too. Sure. So it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so cool. You know, personally, I also know that you had a doozy of a start of a year. You were, did you move like the first day of school or something ridiculous? Can I just call you out on that? I have to. Know. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, the housing market made that decision for us. And that was really kind of it to plan the the move on the first Friday. So we started with kids Wednesday, we moved houses Friday. Um, no stress, super calm. No big deal. Yeah, it's too bad you don't have like anything exciting going on in your life. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's super boring. There's nothing happening at all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you and your family are in a wonderful new space and hopefully enjoying that so far. We're going to transition here into a segment that we call Brainstorm Bank, which is where we get to discuss our weekly theme. We always on Daily Drop-In love to bring a new idea, kind of like an overarching theme Monday through Friday. But we also intentionally during this time, see if anybody who's tuning in with us live has questions that they want to pose or literally anything we need, anything that you need. So Mike and I will be right back. If you have a question that you're pondering, kind of wanting a brainstorm partner in any sort of thing that you are working through, make sure to post your questions in the comments and we would love to support you. Morning, everyone. You know how this works. It is the brainstorm bank time. And this is our intentional moment where we just get to sit back and pause and say, hey, friends, do you need anything? We know this year has been a doozy. So whether you are thinking through instructional practices or assessment design or classroom management or a behavior that you're striving to overcome, what are the small little things that you're looking at right now and thinking, hey, I really would love to have a brainstorm partner in this topic. Mike and I in no way promised to have the right answer for you, but we'd love to be here to brainstorm. So if you have anything that you are currently thinking through 
whether it's a meeting you're feeling a little anxious about later today with a, with a parent or working through how you might end the year strong, we are here to be a part of that with you. You know, Mike, our overarching theme this week has to do with celebration. We want to make sure that the end of our year, not the school year, but the end of our calendar year, which is about a month away, is something that we really get to enjoy with our students. How do you sum up essentially the toughest semester we may have ever experienced as educators? And how do we ensure that we're setting them up for success as 2022 comes in? I know you have a lot of ideas for this. So tell me a little bit about your mindset on celebration. So I, I'll be the first to tell you, and I, and I think my staff will be glad if they hear this, they'll be glad that I said out loud is that that outside of that comfort zone celebrating like that is absolutely one of my biggest weaknesses. I, I still, even though I'm at elementary, I still have that I'm too cool for school, middle school mindset that was sort of ingrained in me at times. Um, but I, I'm fortunate to have a group of, of educators around me that have really helped push me out of that. So um, for our students in particular, we have um, in a, an amazing music teacher and, and kind of group of specialist teachers that, that really take on what that last celebration before winter break looks like. Um, and we've had to make some pretty big adaptations, obviously, the last few years for that. But it becomes essentially like a live Zoom party. Classrooms are dancing in there. They have sing-alongs together. Um, they read holiday books together. Um, the, our music teacher last year sat in a full-blown blow-up Christmas tree costume behind the screen, like just dancing in front of her camera in her room for everyone. Um, and that's that's grown from everyone in the gym together doing that same type of celebration. Um, but it really kind of fell right into it. We did the same thing around Halloween and kids got to parade in their classrooms live. Um, I think one of the, the best pieces of that is that we get to then share that as a private link with our families or record it. And then it gets to go on to a, a, a private, you know, YouTube link that only our families can get to so they can be a part of it too. So when the kids come home and talk about what they did, parents get to sit there and watch a 20 minute video of the whole day with them. And I think that's been, that's been awesome. Okay, that is such a cool opportunity that you guys have created in your building. I want to ask you about logistics, if you don't mind, because Go we're getting it. comments right now being like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome, or tell us more. And the logistics of that initially, when you were planning with that, with obviously those incredible educators that are helping you bring this to fruition, it's not necessarily something you just snap your fingers and it's ready. So when you were no. trying to essentially duplicate us, you know, your whole group coming into the gym and celebrating. Now you're transferring into Zoom. I'm seeing some questions in the chat. We'll get to that in just a second. But how does that even begin? How did you plan those logistics? What are some of the settings? What's the communication that you provided? I want all the things. Yeah. So the we use Class Dojo for well, we have Class Dojo, and then we just started a, a school Facebook page this year. Um, so Class Dojo it. I like it really just for the messaging piece. Um, like everybody else in the world, you like it when a message comes straight to your phone, feels more like a text, it's easier than email. Um, so those quick pieces of information, we use that so we can pump out links, we can send images, we can do reminders all through that for our families. Um, and then really it's the, the in our building, we have what they call the, the TAC team, Technology at Centennial. And it's a group of five or six teachers that on their own, have created a, here's how we're gonna support one another with technology. Um, and kind of the big 
the bigger shout out that's far beyond putting on a, a holiday celebration was that they really led trainings going into last school year when we had to be hybrid or remote or who knows what we were. We found out Monday morning and they, they created their own website. They created their own tutorial videos that teachers could go back to. They had office hours that teachers could come to. Um, so we're just beyond fortunate to have a, a group of teachers that do that. So they really took on the logistics of that. Um, it was trying to figure out how you can have, you know, if you're limited to a number of viewers on Zoom, how does that look? So some of that, to be honest with you, ended up being a Zoom recording that we then put out through YouTube later, just so we didn't have parents missing out on it, unable to connect because, yeah, we had that for the first one. Nothing was perfect. We had about 75 people calling the office. The office staff loved me that day because um, the the link wasn't working properly. So they fielded a, probably 75 calls in, in six minutes to figure out what was happening. But um, they were even coached up enough to be able to remind them of where to go, how to log out, what to test. So um, it's really been a, a staff coaching staff up on how to do that. Well, and I know we're getting questions in the comments, so I'll get to those in just a second. Please feel free to keep posting those questions. We'd love to answer anything you guys are still thinking through. Because, Mike, I love that we're talking about this now because these ideas, you're kind of looking at implementing them in the next three weeks. It gives you a lot of time to figure out these logistics. So I do want to follow up, though. You know, you're talking about these teachers, these incredible leadership roles they've decided to not to be in to, to support their colleagues, which I love. Yeah. It's one Zoom link that they are essentially like creating this opportunity. What does it look like on Zoom? How do the classes get involved? Can you tell me a little bit about, yes, not only the coaching that happened behind the scenes, but what the teacher, like if I was a second grade teacher or a fifth grade yeah. teacher, what was my what was my direction in terms of supporting and getting my kids ready for the Zoom? Yeah, absolutely. So you would, that second grade teacher would essentially get the Zoom link from the music teacher in this case, and they're running it usually on their own laptop and they set it up in the front of the room, just on a desk and face the camera to the whole group. So that at any time during that Zoom, the music teacher can kind of spotlight a classroom dancing, kind of show that and be able to pull them up to have that person um, join in. And, and the kids love that. You get this, I mean, who doesn't love to pretend that they're on TV for a few moments? It, except teachers that have to learn how to do it in 24 hours. But um, the, the kids loved that. And, and that way parents, when they go back and view it, get to kind of see their kids every once in a while and see their kids' classroom. So it, that's a lot of fun. Well, and I, I really love these like tips and tricks truly, Mike, because you're talking about that spotlight feature, just not to sound like a goof being so no, you're good. You know, terrifying, yeah. but it allows the screen to be big so that everybody watching can, can really mainly see that, that one image, that one screen, that one feed. And so that's a perfect way to kind of pull up the focus of different classrooms versus as many of us taught in, in a virtual setting, you're kind of looking at the grid of individual pictures. You're now, you have an opportunity to kind of bring one forward that everybody can focus on. I really think that that's a great opportunity to allow people to feel like they're on TV. I love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also the um, focus of having somebody have the role of managing the technology that's happening in the moment, right? That's kind of a big thing, you know, that I'm very involved with AIMS, that nonprofit in Illinois that supports mm -hmm. educators. And, and we have an event here in legitimately one week from today. So I'm not saying I'm nervous, but I'm kind of geeking out. And one of the things we talked about is like, we truly have somebody whose only job is to run the tech and that's it. Like there's no, nothing else that they're responsible for. You've kind of created that and had that opportunity with the music teachers that have stepped up 
that, you know, is in, in control of that management behind the scenes. Yeah, we're, we've been very lucky with that. And, and our art teacher as well um, is a part of that. So I think at that time, because they don't have students with them, they sort of are, someone needs a certain cord. There's a lot of running and behind the scenes there, but um, the, the staff has really learned so much in the last two years that they are able to take care of quite a bit of those tech things. Um, even just the second grade teacher example that you use, if their camera's not working, probably 90% of the time, they've found a way to troubleshoot that on their own, um, which is just, it's, it's incredible to see that growth in such a short time for people that doubted and were worried that that was going to be the thing that held them back. Um, it's not even close to being on their list of top 50 things to worry about. Well, and I really like that you kind of have created as a, as a group, you've created kind of like a production team for this, right? You have the coaching that you're providing to the, to the individual classroom teachers, which is outstanding support. You have your, you know, your office staff that's getting this type of support so that they can troubleshoot and answer questions over the phone, which is outstanding support. You have your, your technology team that is essentially committed to not only providing support, but, but triaging in the moment. And then you have mm -hmm. somebody on the back end who's running all the tech live. You really have a, have a wonderful system that works throughout this day. And everybody in, in the forefront gets to just celebrate the wonderful opportunity to be together. Yeah. And it's, it, I, I need to make sure I say it again. I, I did not create that. That is a team of teachers that totally on their own stepped up and have just done amazing things. Um, I'm just there to make sure that nothing gets in the way of their progress and their growth. Well, and if you don't mind, I know we have questions in the comments we want to get to, but if yeah. you don't mind, Mike, tell me about what it's like to be a leader where you have these educators that came up with a phenomenal idea. They want to run with this idea what is your role in that? You know, do you, you know, get your hands dirty and get into the logistics or do you get to be somebody who really just keeps the, the time block um, safe so that nothing gets in their way? How does that work for you in terms of your approach to leadership? I think the answer to that is yes, all of those things. Um, I, it's been, you know, my own personal journey in, in leadership has had a ton of times where I've failed and tried to take on too much of my own. And some people that I've worked with in the past would probably be the first people to say, yeah, no, he's done that before that, that delegating piece was, was not originally a strength, but then I think it, you know, it, it comes down to the fact that, and it's a line that I use it at school all the time. And I probably get laughed at a, the number of times I use it, but if our ceiling ends where my expertise ends, then we're all in trouble, right? That they, if you're waiting for one person to have every answer, um, it, it's just not going to happen. And I think that's been the biggest growth piece in that leadership the past two years is, is just the number of things that I don't have an answer to uh, because they're all so new. Um, so really it's been um, an opportunity to, to seek out those people that don't normally speak up in those meetings and share those ideas and, and really get them to you know, come out of their shell and, and, and share things that they're doing in their classroom. And then when they're doing the, the right thing and they finally look like they're ready to share, you know, I try to jump in and take care of as much of that other stuff out of the way. So if that means I need to go um, grab a cord from someone somewhere and help plug things in and get it working. Yeah, I can do that. If I need to cover a class for a half hour, you better believe I'm going to do that because that's a, their success is far more important than mine. It, they need to be ready to do that. Mm. Mike, I love your approach to leadership. I am 
I am in awe of this. I, I would love to see pictures of not only your school doing this, but the other schools that I'm sure are going to steal this idea and do it. It is all about sharing. And I love this very tactical strategy of how we can celebrate. We kind of joke on Daily Drop-In that it's always fun to talk really high level, top level philosophical, but that's not the stuff that actually enacts change necessarily. We love when we're able to take an idea and put it into action. And you have already given us so many different things that we can truly get started with today, whether it is setting up our to-do list or organizing a big school celebration via Zoom, which is so fun. We do have a question here um, that I want to make sure we touch on. This is a Facebook user, meaning that they're in our private Facebook group. Um, if you are not in our private Facebook group, friends and family, feel free to head over to teachbettergroup.com. You can join that private Facebook group. I'm sorry, I typically am like, it's full of like 8,000 teachers. I have no idea. It's way more than 8,000. There's a ton of educators in there that just love to talk shop. And you can join that over at teachbettergroup.com. This question here says, how did the conversation that you have and how did this help accommodate for the students who can't participate due to cultural differences so they can be included in your community that you serve. You know, Mike, obviously this is a big thing that we need to be aware of. Like anytime we're doing something in school, making sure it's inclusive, right? Always we want students Absolutely. to include yeah. it. So uh, can you answer this a little bit? Yeah. So it, to be perfectly honest with you, this past year, as we went through this, we were fortunate in the logistics piece of it, that that wasn't something that we had to add to that discussion. Um, but we always send out some sort of notice and communication before any of these celebrations to say, hey, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what it's gonna look like. Please let us know if you do or do not want your child participating in it. And then it's never a punishment piece. They're never, you know, it, who they are is not something we're gonna punish them for. So really it's a finding a different way to get a group activity together. They may do more of a, a fun social gathering with our social worker or someone else and play games there to, to still have that community and, and, and that, you know, game time celebration feel. Um, we're always trying to find unique ways to do that. But, but the, the truth of it is we, we didn't have um, students that, that fell into that category that we had to, to organize that for. Well, and I appreciate, you know, hearing that that wasn't a hurdle that you, you all to overcome last year, but but your suggestion is something, first off, I, I'm so impressed. I mean, you're looking at, okay, I have a student who isn't able to participate in something in a hypothetical situation. A, a go-to is to form their own little like party, their own little community, essentially to play games or talk shop or, you know, uh, do something in a collaborative setting with a staff member who has the opportunity to step away from those responsibilities and, and, and instead spend time with, with that core group. That is still a memorable experience, a moment for yeah. celebration. I mean, whether they're celebrating a holiday or or whatever we're discussing, that opportunity to be in community and celebrate being in community is a wonderful opportunity to embrace when we have students that aren't able to participate in the same types of activities. Yeah. And, and it again, it goes back to the staff in my building that if something like that pops up, what, even if the social worker isn't ready for that, I've seen members of, of my office staff team jump in and try to, to help support kids that way too. So it's uh, it's a pretty cool place to be. Isn't that the best part of working with a great staff? Like regardless of what's going on, everyone's just constantly trying to problem solve and step in where they can. I mean, that's a great yeah. culture that you have there in that building that regardless of 
who you are, your title or anything else that you might have on your plate, you're, you're constantly brainstorming, is there a way it can be helpful in this situation? And I think that's so admirable about the, the team that you've built over there. That's so cool. Yeah, we're very fortunate. That's for sure. You know, the other element of celebration, if you don't mind me asking, not only has to do with how we celebrate our students, but also how we celebrate our staff. And Mike, I know you've been a leader for uh, for quite some time. You worked in education for quite some time. I always find, to be honest, some teacher celebrations to be a little goofy, right? Like there's some there's some there's some great ways to celebrate teachers, and there's some ways where we just shake our heads and we're like, oh goodness, our leadership teams, what are they thinking? Has there ever been a way that you have celebrated your staff or been celebrated just as an educator at the end of the year that you appreciated? We we actually had a pretty goofy outside of the box one last year that um, ended up being a heck of a lot of fun. Um, we we had had some conversations uh, just one on one with a few teachers about how you know everyone was really kind of worn down, really was looking for a way to to celebrate all they've done. We talked about all the different roles people had to fill throughout the year, so we ended up doing a um, like a mock Oscars day, and everyone got an Academy Award or an Oscar statue. Um, and that's when you figure out how many people you actually have that work in your building when you have to create a, an award, individualized award for each one of them. And we had a, they were laughing cause I, I, it was a speech for every, every person had a short speech to kind of introduce it. But I mean, you had custodians getting an Oscar for stepping in to help a student sharpen a pencil or, or do crazy things that they had never done before. Um, and that was, again, that was all teacher and staff driven. We had a whole team that kind of came together to do that. That was, that was a lot of fun. There was a red carpet and some balloons as they entered the gym. Um, that was a, a good time. But the, the running yearly tradition that we've had since I started at my school that I'm, I'm hoping we get back to this year is um, we do a, like a, a beanbag cornhole game tournament in our gym. Um, it gets pretty competitive. Like we post a, a whole bracket on the on the gym wall there's about five or six sets of bags and there are actually plano purple wrestling championship belts that are awarded to the winning pair and it's a bragging right you'll you'll see them hanging up in teachers rooms for the full year and it uh it gets pretty heated there's some there's some trash talk that, as you head into it and that is that's just a lot of fun and, th- and they just get to come in and laugh and just be themselves. So it's, it's pretty perfect. I'm going to have to walk around your building and look for those, those trinkets of, of award-winning trophies. I love that, you know, the wrestling belts become something they can keep all year and bragging rights. I mean, that's like the fun stuff. We all love that stuff. It's so goofy, but your, your idea of this like Oscar award ceremony how cool is that? I mean, yes, obviously it takes time. That's an immense amount of planning, but you could even go as far as not only having the committee think of awards, but have people submit awards for each other. I mean, if you and I work together, I could say, oh, I, I want Mike to get this award and to, and you know, you could submit that in a Google form, the committee could mm-hmm. review it, and then maybe they would ask me to, to kind of like put together that award for you. I could present it. There's so many different ways to do this. That isn't one person taking on this big undertaking but really is like a staff collaboration of some goofy awards you could pass out. I, yeah, I, I love it, that and idea. I love that idea because to be honest with you, the, when it got down to it, people had taken on so many different roles throughout the year that some of them started to feel repetitive. Like how do you rename that this person subbed for a 
uh, coworker, but it was, um, and, and not downplaying that. I'm just saying like, there's no way to, to reinvent that category, even though it was done 600 times, but no, the idea of letting staff kind of nominate each other would be, would be awesome. Well, cause I have to tell you, Mike, like working with the middle school team, even I worked with last year, them specifically, I could think of an award for all of them, but some of them could be funny inside jokes or stories that just never made it outside our little group. And I could absolutely think of submitting an award for like Nikki Piercy. She was the incredible reading teacher that I was able to work with on my team and our doors were across from each other. And I, it would be so funny if she didn't know. And I walked up to the podium and I'm like, I have an award for Nikki Piercy and told a funny story or an opportunity that I saw her do something that maybe others didn't see. And that, you know, it's so fun to be able to celebrate people that way. Yeah, absolutely. And colleagues. Yeah. And, and I think the, the big thing there was trying to, for us, was trying to keep it short and sweet. Um, I, I have a um, kind of a reputation of being a little too wordy. And that, that thankfully, I have a, a group of teachers that are really good at reminding me that sometimes so that I, I avoid things. Um, but it was trying to keep it short and to the point. And I think that was the number one feedback I got at the end of the day was, I'm so proud of you for only saying two sentences per person. That was amazing. All right, wait, for all of you live with us right now, we want you to put your cursor over the comments or, or tap on your screen if you're watching on your phone, get this ready. We want to hear what's the goofy characteristic that you get made fun of from your colleagues? Like, are you the, are you a talker? Are you somebody who has like, the, the really funny unorganized desk that everyone's like, how do you function? Cause there's everything you own on your, on top of your desk. Tell us what is the funny characteristic we would love to, to kind of laugh at those uh, this morning, something goofy, nothing serious, something goofy that somebody would say, Oh, well, if you worked with Ray, let me tell you, this would be the characteristic in the same vein, Mike, while they're posting those comments, tell me a little bit about how you do make this work time-wise because I love these ideas you've shared. I mean, whether it be the Zoom celebration, the Oscar nominations, these are all just so fun. Um, even the bags tournament, like, holy cow, these are such great, memorable ways to celebrate ending the year. But how do you find time for them? So do you guys have a system for that? Is there a blocked off time? Tell me a little bit about that. So those events, that those specific ones, the Oscars one and the, the bags tournament tend to happen the day before breaks where we have a, a half day school improvement time. Um, and I have, it, the fact is that there's so much team time and team discussions and, and professional development happening in the building every day that um, I, I actually went in and had that conversation with my superintendent and said, listen, it, based on what's been happening here the last few years and how hard they're working, they need this time for improving their mind so that they show up after break. I need them to come back. So we just need to remember why we're here and get to that piece. So yeah, I had to go the route of finding a way to create a proposal to ask district administration if we could have a bags tournament because I didn't want to be the one school that was playing games and everyone else was sitting and listening to a presentation for two hours. Well, and I'm thrilled that you went through appropriate channels. That that makes sense to me. But I have to tell you, I, I get to interview people all the time. Oh, obviously, the Teach Bear team, we work with districts all across uh, you know, the U.S. all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had a leader tell me that they took a, a period of time, even if we're talking about an hour, that they took an hour or two hours, a half of a professional development day to goof off with a bags tournament or an award ceremony. And I feel like I've been a part of some great professional development days, some really innovative practices 
I am such a fan as a teacher walking into a hundred different professional development days. There's so many things I can appreciate. I love when they give me classroom time to get my to-do list done, things like that. Mm-hmm. I would have loved an hour of a bags tournament. Like how great of you to kind of step out of the box and do something so out of the norm. Now, now that wasn't just because I had this amazing idea. That was a, my first year in, in my position is in this building. I had this idea that I needed to have amazing professional development discussions and we needed to be as a team plowing and looking at everything and dissecting what the first half of the year looked like. And it was the most brutal three hour afternoon that I have ever been a part of. And I was the one that organized it. So again, there, there's the best part about having that, that atmosphere where you can question and bring up ideas and say, Hey, this might not have worked. Um, I am fortunate to have a staff that will, it has a very good memory and they don't forget how long and miserable those three hours were that first year. So they're, they're good at reminding me that there's a point where they've worked so hard during the year that it's okay to take a deep breath, that it's uh-huh. really forcing me to, to actually do what I, what I suggest to them. You have given so many tidbits and ideas. I think everybody's going to want to come visit your school just to hang out and see those purple wrestling belts and everything in between. We do have some funny things, the funny characteristics that colleagues would say about each other. So you said your crew would say, oh my gosh, Mike, I'm so proud of you. You didn't talk on and on and on and on. We have a comment here saying that they turn everything into a song. I think that would be a really funny characteristic to have. I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think that would be a thing that if I did that, my staff would walk out at me. Absolutely. We have some here. <laughs> Hot tea 24-7, whether it's in the summer or the winter, I would totally make fun of you for that, Justin. No no doubt about it. That's awesome. Chelsea Nicolina, who's actually live with us, I think, tomorrow on Daily Drop-In. So excited to have Chelsea with us. Says, I have everything color-coded and organized. I need a clean workspace. Mike, I'll tell you, I love these people. I'm not one of these people. I wish someone would say, oh, Ray, she's so color-coded and organized. No, I. the best thing that came out of the pandemic, the whole issue for me was having to give up my office so that someone could Zoom out of it. And I lived on a cart. Oh, it was uh, it was amazing. I'm down to just a cart worth of stuff now. It's I, And it, I have some secretaries, fortunately, that remind me of, piles that used to be there before. So we avoid that too. Oh, so funny. Oh, I, I think it's, I really do consider myself organized. I mean, I did show you my fancy schmancy to-do list over here. Let me tell you, right. That's, that's organized, but color coded yeah. for those of you who follow Chelsea on, on Instagram, you know, that she is very organized, very strategic. She's the teacher we all want to be essentially. So <laughs> it's all good. We can aspire to continue to strive to have those characteristics. You know, Mike, we have shared a a ton of stuff today. I'm so, 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 so glad that you took on the challenge of coming live with me. We do have a good news article and some holidays that we're going to celebrate. So do you mind if we transition into just the continuation of more celebrations? Yeah, sounds great. All right. Perfect. All right, friends, welcome back. We are at the tail end of our Tuesday, November 30th daily drop-in morning show. 
We have talked a lot about different celebrations, different opportunities to build collaboration in your buildings. And we're going to continue that discussion with some celebrations of not only goofy holidays that are going on today, but also some serious holidays, uh, some religious holidays that are celebrated around the world. And then also we have a good news article that is definitely something worth celebrating. So as we're looking here, Mike, I know you're somebody who likes a good celebration. Some yeah. of these holidays are usually a little wacky, but some of them are good. So let's go through this. First of all, as a reminder for everybody, today's Giving Tuesday. So Giving Tuesday is a day set to try, strive to benefit your community. If there's any opportunity you have to give to others, not only every day, but specifically today, that would be wonderful. It's also a National Computer Security Day. That seems important, right? Mm, computer security? Seems not like really a good fun, but yeah. Not really a fun <laughs> one. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, it's also a wonderful holiday um, in a, um, I apologize, I'm pulling this up to make sure that I give you all the right information. This is a Sikh holiday that is celebrated today. It's always celebrated on November 30th. It's one of the most sacred festivals that's going on today. Um, it goes through so many different things about the story behind this holiday, the festival that gets to be celebrated. So you've, if you have any team members, staff members, or students who might be who might identify with the Sikh group, uh, definitely celebrate the holiday. Ask them about what they are celebrating. We also have anybody in the Jewish faith continuing their celebration of Hanukkah today. So we just have a lot of wonderful things there. For those of you who may not be identifying with a religious holiday today, I know many of you are going to identify with National Mason Jar Day. It's always cool, right? Like a good mason jar, Mike? Absolutely. We made our own pickles one year. We had a little garden outside. So I've I've familiarized myself with, with Look, a good mason jar. A, yeah. That's a fancy mason jar. I'm thinking like the people who like sip a beverage out of a mason jar, ah. but you're talking about like creating something. Well, like that's after the pickles are gone. That's that's <laughs> how you celebrate the pickles. Yeah. Um uh, maybe more importantly, it's also National Chocolate Mousse Day. Okay. Which I mean, if you're gonna have a good dessert, I, I see nothing wrong with celebrating with some chocolate mousse. Um, and last thing it's national stay at home because you're well day. So I think this is insinuating that even on a day that you are physically feeling okay, giving yourself permission to take a break, we're not necessarily encouraging you to do that on a Tuesday, but if you need it, if you need time for yourself, please make sure you are taking it. That's a big reminder for any educator out there for sure. In addition to that, we have some good news that we want to make sure we leave you with. As you all know, we always strive to introduce a good news article. And this is something that could be a discussion starter for you and a colleague to foster a relationship or our students. But Mike, this has to do with um, a member of our community winning uh, an incredible award. So um, this is a young man who saw a problem and was determined to fix it. Uh, and he's been given an international prize of excellence and innovation. Jeremiah, who is a young man, invented a machine. And think about this for a second. This is a big deal. Invented a machine that delivers electricity to homes by absorbing the kinetic energy from vehicles passing over the roadways. So this device wow. powers 150 small homes and doesn't rely on any weather patterns or batteries or anything. It's just based on the energy that is produced by people driving by these homes. So with this, um, out of 350,000 uh, contestants, um, this student was able to be picked for a 
$100,000 award thanks to a global student prize that he was just awarded. Um, and this was a huge deal that they are celebrating Jeremiah's incredible feat with the understanding that he got to do a Zoom with Hugh Jackman, which is a very cool prize to win. I cannot believe, you know, the students out there that are brainstorming incredible innovative ideas. I love the idea of bringing this article. There's also a video attached if you want to share that with your students, if you're listening with us currently this morning, you're able to bring this video and say, this is a student that saw a problem and just brainstormed a possible solution. What a cool idea. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. I think it, it it's also in any school too, is being okay with taking the time to go through something like that and let the kids create um, and not being afraid to step away from whatever the standard or pacing guide is for a while to, to allow that to happen is, is huge. That's, that's a, an amazing feat. Absolutely. And could you imagine if that innovative idea won you, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and a meeting with Hugh Jackman, I, I would take it. I'm just saying, I would, I would not only appreciate the money to hopefully go and continue my research and this very innovative idea, but I would totally, you know, meet Hugh Jackman. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping for that kid's sake that he uh, has a team of people around him that helped him get a patent for it too, because I think uh, he may be able to host Hugh Jackman somewhere with that idea someday. Ain't that the truth? I love it. If you guys are looking for good news articles or any holidays that you want to celebrate with your friends and family, we are using a Good News Network this morning, goodnewsnetwork.org, to uh, bring you that article. So feel free to go check that out and grab the video because. It not only was a big opportunity to celebrate, but also there's some good video of some celebration of the award winning and everything in between. So definitely go check that out. You know, Mike, it has been wonderful to chat with you. We've been able to touch on so many different things. Do you mind sharing how people can stay connected? Maybe they have questions on how to organize the most perfect to-do list ever that (laughs) they might want to ask you about those three things, or you've shared so many ideas on different ways to celebrate staff. They might want to pick your brain a little further. Yeah, they could uh, probably reach out to me. And I noticed you've got your fancier name there with your Twitter handle. That was a, a rookie mistake on my part just to have my name there. Um, but I, it is at Mike Teaches, capital T, and then a Z instead of an S because that's how creative I am on Twitter. And that's how you could reach out to me directly there. And I absolutely, everything we've created or talked about, I'll share with anyone everywhere. That's the only way we get better is kind of that open sharing. So I love it. And even if you can't, hunt down Mike, direct message me or anybody on our team. We know Mike super well. We're introducing you. We'd love to connect yeah. you. That's what this show is all about, bringing on people that are able to not only share incredible stories, incredible ideas, but also continue to grow our network. As all of you know, it is Tuesday, November 30th, and you are about to walk into the best Tuesday that you've ever had. So we are excited to be here to celebrate that with you. As a reminder for anybody who is in an administrative or leadership position, we do on Tuesdays have two different sessions for our admin masterminds. You can go join that group for free over at teachbetter.com slash mastermind. And as you know, we are headed into a week of a lot of Teach Better team celebrations. So keep your eyes out for all that fun. Mike, it was so fun to be able to talk shop with you. We yeah, get to it was awesome. Here. Yeah, we get to hang out here as we say goodbye to everybody, but I really appreciate you being here. No, I appreciate it. It's been it, my pleasure. This was a great experience. So fun. For everyone else, we hope you have a wonderful day. Let us know if you need anything. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, bright and early for Wednesday morning for our daily drop-in. So have a wonderful day, guys. See you later.